grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. So how was everyone's New Year celebration? Anybody? Woo, all right, nice. How many of you stayed up until midnight? All right, how many of you went to bed at nine? Awesome, great. You know, I hope that you had a great New Year's celebration. This Now 2013 is, 2013 is done and in the books, and it's on to 2014. Anybody be with me in resolving to make this year better than last year? Apparently, yay. Okay, all right. Anybody have any wise words from last year? I know it helped me to reflect on the year that was, 2013, when uh, I wrote out on my computer, I know, whatever, but I wrote out on my computer my top five moments and mishaps of 2013. What's neat is that as I created that list, complete with pictures and reflections on each, I had a, a, an epiphany. I need to continue to cherish those top five moments, and after I deal with the mishaps, I need to let them go. Anybody with me on the fact that you need to just let some stuff go? It is so simple, yet that realization for me wrapped my heart and my mind together in a nice warm blanket. Epiphanies are more than just moments that suddenly where you have a realization of some great truth, but they're moments where God breaks through. God shines into our lives and we go forth different than before. That's where we find ourselves today. In this kind of cross in calendars, liturgical calendar, we have the Sunday before Epiphany, which Epiphany is technically tomorrow. We're actually technically speaking and still in the 12 days of Christmas. How many of you still have your homes decorated? All right. How many of you still have your trees up? We do too. How many still have your manger sets up? Yeah, all right. And baby Jesus, see Marcy? Um, anyway, um, and baby Jesus, I'm sure, has made his way into the manger scene with Mary and Joseph lovingly gazing, looking upon him. Now today, Epiphany, in our celebration of Epiphany, the wise men show up. The wise men come. And they come far from the east and they bring Jesus their rich gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They go to King Herod because they figured he's the king. He probably knows where Jesus is. And King Herod sends them out because he doesn't know. They send them out to find the child so they can report back to King Herod so he too can visit. They arrive. And it wouldn't be an epiphany sermon if we didn't have that same old joke. Had there been three wise women, they would have brought practical gifts, a casserole or two, helped clean up, and surely they would have shown up on time because they would have asked for directions. That's right. Uh, technically speaking, I noticed no men were in that applause. Um, technically speaking, if you look at the chronology of this Christmas story in Matthew and Luke, the wise men actually show up about two years after Jesus was actually born. That's why we say that. But when the wise men do arrive, they find Jesus. And after they visited with Herod and told them their plans, when they arrived and they saw where the star had stopped and they saw Jesus, I imagine, because it's right here in Scripture, it says that the wise men, the magi, were overwhelmed with joy. 
Boy, I hope in the last couple weeks at some point you were overwhelmed with joy. I mean, just capture that in your moment, what that, what that feels like to be overwhelmed with joy. That's what they were. They had traveled such a long way for such a long time to find this child, and now there he was. Now, I don't think they traveled all that way, found the holy family, let down their gifts, and took off for home. Said, oh, that was fun. In fact, I know that they at least spent the night because Scripture tells us that they had a dream. They had a dream, and God came to them in that dream and warned them about Herod's plan to come, not to go back to Herod, because Herod planned on killing, the, killing Jesus if he could find where he was. And so they departed, and Scripture tells us they went out, they went home by another way. Scripture tells us that they went home by another way. This is epiphany. Light shining in the darkness, new awareness, new realities, change in plans, home by a different way. It's what the Epiphany celebration is all about. And it seems that at this point, with our secular calendar and liturgical calendar coming, merging at the same point, this is good for us. For we have come to a new year and have been looking to see the light of Christ and ask now, on this side of Christmas, on this side of 2014, how many of us have asked the questions, what now? What now? For some of us, it's an easy answer. For others, it's not so easy. For many of us, tomorrow we will return to our lives the way they were. Our jobs, our friends, our schools, our families, whatever it is that we were doing before we headed off to Bethlehem. For some of us, that's hard, and for some of us, that's easy. Yet this passage today inspires us to return to that life, to return to our work, to return to our families, to return to our schools. It calls us to return in a different way. Not different because it's a different school or a different family or a different job, but because we are different. We return to those things tomorrow because we are different because we encountered Christ at Christmas. We, like the wise men before us, have sought out Jesus, we have seen Jesus, and we are changed. We have experienced the blessing of giving, and we have been given the hope for tomorrow. We can't walk away from the manger untouched or unchanged. We've received the light that glowed on that silent night of Christmas Eve. And now it's our turn to hold on to that light and to share that light, to move forward in this new year Blessed that God continues to lead us. God continues to lead century after century. God has a plan for this world, for this congregation, for us in our individual lives. It's our job to live that light and to embrace Christ as a newborn king of our hearts and to listen for God's voice as we move and grow into this new year. At the beginning of a year, it's traditional to make New Year's resolutions. Anybody still do this? Other than resolving to be in a music ministry? Anybody still do uh, New Year's resolutions? New Year's resolutions often are something that we want to, to change for the better. Usually they have to do with like losing weight or something like that. A wise man once made a list of resolutions that I'd like to share with you today for your consideration. Hopefully these are resolutions that will help to ensure that you live a happy and prosperous new year. In the new year... Make sure to make it better than last year. Make sure you lie, 
cheat, drink, and steal more than you did last year? Good. Let me, let's see where we go with this. Lie back and relax a little more this year. A little, let a little more life happen to you and don't worry so much. Cheat failure. Yes, cheat failure. You got to work with me on this. Don't be afraid to try something new simply because it's new. A lot of life, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right, a lot of the things that we learn in life is because we tried something and failed, and we learned from that experience. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. Many people around you have already traveled down the road you are about to travel. Learn from their successes and mistakes. Take what they've learned and used it. And steal a little time away for God. Every day, take more time to develop your relationship with a God who loves you so very much. So to recap, if you lie, cheat, drink, and steal just a little bit more this year, you're going to have an enjoyable year ahead. <laughs> this is not endorsed by St. Paul Lutheran Church. Okay. All right, there we go. How is this calendar year going to be different than the one that we just had? At the beginning of the service, I asked you to get up and sit in a different place than you usually sit in. That really shows a pastor how much a congregation is with you or not. When you look at them in the eye and say, please change seats, because all of you know you have your seat, don't you? Yes, you do. And all of you looked at me with a little bit of, really? And it made me a little nervous. That's probably the easiest change you're going to make this year. When you move, you see things differently. Maybe you notice something you didn't notice before so far in the service. Maybe changing the kids and the coats, and perhaps it was a big inconvenience for you to move. Maybe the distraction of moving has detracted from your worship experience today, and if that is so, I apologize. But the point of this is simple. That in life, we get so used to seeing what we see, that sometimes we lose vision. How many of you have ever driven home and you pull into your house and you wonder, how in the world did I get here? Sometimes we need to go a different way to help us out, to keep us awake, sharp, focused. Today you changed your seat in worship. Today I'd like to challenge you further by the example of the wise men, and I challenge you to go home a different way than you came. I challenge you to go home, see what you notice. See what you don't notice. See if it takes you longer, or maybe you just found a new way to Bob Evans before the Methodist Church. <laughs> if we are truly going to have change in this year in our lives, there will be times where we will have to see what the point is. What is the goal? And it's not... In order to get from A to B, we might have to go a different way than we have before. And the question shouldn't be, which route do we take? The question should be, what's the point so we know where to go? So what's the point, St. Paul Lutheran Church? The point is this, that we are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, who comes, who heals, who guides, and who calls us not to just be a fan, but a follower. He is the one who suffered, died, and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again from the grave so that we who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. 
We are called to believe in this. We are called to grow in this. And we are called to share this good news with everyone, every day. We do many, many wonderful things here at St. Paul as a church. This past year, we had countless volunteer hours here in this place and beyond as we serve places like Faith Mission, YWCA, Kairos Prison Ministries, and even other ministries just right here in Westerville. We took in 50 new members and had 24 baptisms. Oh my goodness, what epiphany experiences we had together here in this room, here in this building, here in the ministry that we're doing as we hold on to the light and share the light of Christ. But as we continue to hold that light and to share that light, we must be diligent in listening for God's voice transforming us from the inside out. And that comes from attending worship, that comes from going to Bible studies, that comes from reading our Bible daily, comes through prayer, comes through fellowship. God is calling us. And God is calling us maybe in sustaining some of the ministries we always only already have and some of the ministries that maybe we don't even know about yet that God is preparing us for. If our hope for a better 2014 over a 2013 for us as individuals, as a community, as a church, it's not going to come simply because we presume the future will be better simply because it's the future. It will come when we faithfully hold on to Christ, when we faithfully follow where God's divine light shines. And like the wise men before us, we must be willing to go where God speaks and guides us to go. So St. Paul Lutheran Church, let's go. Let's go. Let's go share the light of Christ. Let's shine God's light. Let's hold on to God's light and share it for all to see. And may we, like the wise men before us, encounter Christ and be changed and go a different way as we follow Yahweh. Are we in? Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.